Yo, come vibe with Vinny, man. Yeah, we vibing today. Let's catch a vibe. To start off the episode, that was G Herbal with Feelings. And I want to start off with Feelings and talking about co-parenting, man. Because co-parenting is an area in my life that I've been struggling in. I haven't been able to find a healthy co-parenting strategy that works for my family. Yeah. And this subject's near and dear to me because I want to be a father in my kid's life. I didn't grow up with a father. And I felt like that kind of hindered me and held me back on some aspects of manhood that I had to learn on myself. And I'm still learning. And I don't want that for my kids. And, and if I can help somebody out there start a healthy co-parenting relationship. Yo, that'd be the best thing ever in the world. So, I want to break down these lyrics from G Herbo and his song, Feelings. So, we got, so I can tell you how it ties up to the the episode. So, this is how it goes. This is his opening verse to Feelings. He he goes, talk to my kid's mom today. That was kind of hard. Sick of all the drama in my life. We ain't got to start. How the fuck we still holding on to grudges? You ain't got a heart? Either way, a nigga life a movie, and you got a part. I was in a lot of dark. I don't ever make excuses for myself, but how I came up was kind of hard. I was having battle scars, and I'm never speaking on shit I did, because when you bite, you ain't got a bark. These are years now when he young, but my jit watching. Just because we fell out of love, that ain't his problem. Every kid want a mommy and a poppy, but how we gonna co-parent when it's sloppy? And that's the end of the first lyric. For real, like, co-parenting has been the sloppiest mess for me forever now. And all I'm trying to do is make it better. And this is a disclaimer. I'm gonna say this now. I'm not here to bash or belittle the mother of my kids. That's not what I'm here for. So, please, if somebody hears it and wants to twist up my words, these are not what I mean. I'm not trying to belittle anybody, decriminalize, demonize anybody. I'm just here to live my truth, and I want you guys to learn from my truth and my mistakes. And hopefully you guys could better your relationships. But mine has been sloppy and been messy on both ends, on my part, on her part. And at the end of the day, it's fuck how I feel. I could feel betrayed, hurt, belittled, everything. But at the end of the day, I'm willing to see past that and see if we could come to an agreement for the betterment of my children so they could have both of their parents in their life and grow in a healthy environment because I grew up in a single parent household and I only grew up with my mom my dad really wasn't really in my life and that hurt me I felt like I missed out on on things that boys did with their dads especially when I was playing travel ball I started playing travel ball at 7 years old and I used to 
go to all these tournaments and my coach was the only one to take me. My mom was working and I would see my friends with their dad sharing moments and with their families. Everybody's still there. And I, I guess I fell in love with that image. Like, because families take a lot of work. There's a lot of sacrifices and a lot of putting up with that people tendly don't want to or feel like they just give up at long. But if tolerance plays a big key, and I didn't know that because I just had one, one parent and me and my mom growing up, we got along until I got like older. So I hit like a teenager, then we didn't start, we didn't see eye to eye anymore. Like I wasn't her little boy. She was trying to like, I was trying to really be out here in the world and find who I am. And she was trying to still see me as her little, little boy. But that's another story. So why I, I chose these lyrics is because every time I talk to the mother of my kids, either if it's the oldest mom or my two youngest mom it's difficult like I feel like my oldest son's mom is holding on to grudges and holding on to things that happened during the time we was together and she hasn't been able to see past it or move past it mind you I've tried and gotten close to her and then I fucked up too sometimes at first I couldn't hold on to my parenting schedule like if I agreed to do this like I would switch up not because it was always not because I wanted to because I was either working or my job wouldn't let me off or I would mishandle my time and forget that I was about to get my son and then I wouldn't get my son and then I would call her and then she'll be mad and it it I didn't time manage properly. And then other things played on throughout time. And then when it comes to the second mom, with where I have two kids, it's like it's still a touchy situation with me because it's a lot of emotions there. It's a lot of hurt. It's a lot of like ups and downs that are still fresh well me and her only been broken up for like two years and a lot's happened in those two years because it's not like we could just break up and we could she could go about her life and i go about mine and uh we don't have to keep in contact or have to try to establish uh, a line of communication but we do we have kids involved and it's been kind of tricky it's still been hard to find a good aspect to how to co-parent with her because I try to base it off of my first relationship my, my first not first relationship but like, like let's say my first co-parenting attempt the how it really was is really bad it was really tossing and I didn't want that to happen but mind you it was different circumstances different relationship and it's like things ended up happening the way I never wanted it to go. And it's like, I want, when I, when he says, oh, a nigga life a movie and you still got a part, I feel that, like, 
I want to say that like I feel that for my second baby mom's like it's like she doesn't know that like she she doesn't see it she just I feel like she just kicked me out the picture completely like I'm out of that season like season five of Gotham I'm out of it like I'm out of it like I'm not I'm like I'm not I'm not gonna be in rush hour four <laughs> type shit and I don't I, I I don't really like that feeling because like regardless of how we feel about each other how you think things are playing on I'm still the father of your kids and you're still gonna be the mother of my kids regardless of how we feel towards each other so we're not Try to like mend things and co try to co-parent in a healthier way, and it's just been a little hectic on both ends. I feel like she's been torn my feelings, and I've been too emotional that I haven't been thinking straight. So I've made irrational decisions that I regret, and I'm just gonna say here, like to both of you guys, to the my oldest mom and. My youngest kid's mom, I apologize. I, hopefully later on in life we could mend things and be better co-parents. But this episode is for me to share some tips on co-parenting and hopefully it could better other people's relationships. But for now, I just want you to, to know that I'm truly sorry. And I apologize for everything that I've done to upset you guys, to disrespect you guys, to belittle you or make you feel insignificant in any way. I apologize. So let's get into it. Uh, I went on my source of this information is ourfamilywizard.com. I found 10 positive co-parenting tips. The author of these 10 co-parenting tips is Susan Smith. And her mission is to inspire, empower everyone to a healthy, successful marriage. And she's a relationship expert for years. She's... Helped countless of organizations and individuals and couples. So these are her 10 tips and let's jump into it, you guys. Tip number one, your child, your children's needs come first. Divorcing couples often say this is the hardest concept to remember, especially if the divorce is messy. And that's true because in these breakups, I haven't been married. But these breakups that I've had with the mother of my children have been messy, like I've been saying before. And on my end, I've put my pride and motions and adult feelings in a kid's conversation. Because I'm feeling like she's, it could be the simplest things, like she's saying, Oh, my son, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, well, well, he's both of our sons, and that just gets blown out of proportion because I'm holding on to some some old feelings that I have towards her that I'm still hurt by actions that she's done to me. 
And that's the first tip. Your challenge needs to come first. So remember, you guys, like, always try to, even in the midst of things, I know when it's hard, because trust me, like I said before, it's been hard for me. But kids needs to come first. Second tip, prioritize communication. One of the most and basic co-parenting rules is finding an effective communication strategy that works for your family. That means being realistic about your own strengths and limitations. For example, if talking face-to-face doesn't work, try a less emotional means of sharing information about children, like online tools, not to shut down communication. Because coach parenting doesn't sound a good example. If using the silent treatment as a weapon. Because the ultimate goal is to have and get back to co-parenting and communication strategies. And keeping that line of communication open. Because showing that showing using the silent treatment as a weapon is not good for the kids. So they grow up. If, let's say, she's basically, she's saying if, if you can't talk face-to-face, like, I can't talk face-to-face to neither of them. I just can't. Like, they know how to push my buttons. I know how to push their buttons. I know how to get under their skin. They know how to get mine. And it gets ugly quick. But texting also doesn't say the tone neither. So, We just have to remember, and what we tend to forget is keeping the line of communication open is the main priority. Regardless, if you can't text or if you can't sit down and talk face-to-face, maybe your, maybe your conversation should be over the phone. And really give somebody the time to listen. Because mine, like, I really don't give that time. I'm a horrible listener. Like, I want to get my point. I'm listening to prove my point. I'm listening to argue my point. And I'm listening. And I'm not listening to comprehend. I'm not listening with compassion. I'm not listening with empathy. And that's a a problem of mine. And I'm something that I'm working on. And I'm pretty sure there's other people out there like that, too. But the, the main thing that... Like a person like that, like myself, has to remember is keeping that line of communication open. Because I have to make my child's needs come first. Like it goes back to tip number one. Alright, so let's go to tip number three. It says, stay on the same page for big stuff. And that's true. Like The hardest things, even what type of haircut we're going to give our child... Uh, sleeping schedules. So if he's a week at your house, a weekend at the mom's house, and then the next week he comes to my house, our kids have to be on the same routine. We have to see it be the same team, same rules that he follows it at your house. He has to follow at my house, and that's a strategy that both parents have to communicate about. So tip number four. 
stick to your parenting schedule. My my first baby moms is going to love this tip. Because like I said in the beginning, like I was horrible at that. Like I couldn't stick to this schedule because of my job. Because I didn't have a set schedule. I had a fluctuating schedule. So I couldn't really get my kid every two weeks or every, every other weekend like how I wanted to. The days with flip-flop. But now, since I have a set schedule in my, in my last couple of jobs, it's been easier sticking to that schedule. And, and it, it, it is better. Because once I stuck to it and I was able to do it like that and have a set parenting schedule, I could prioritize everything else through my life. I could organize everything by knowing, okay, I'm going to have my son Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And Saturday night, I have to give him back to his mom because Sunday morning I'm going back to work and that's when my work week starts, and et cetera, et cetera. That helped tremendously. We didn't have we didn't have nothing to argue about because I was sticking to my schedule. My son was happy. She was happy. Then other little arguments pop up, obviously, because we still don't know how to communicate because, like how it says, we didn't prioritize communication. So everything ties up. So stick to your parenting schedule. That's tip number four. Tip number five. Don't badmouth. Don't speak negative about your co-parent. Regardless, even if, of course, never speak bad to your co- about your co-parent to your kids. That's a no-no. But even with your friends, don't badmouth your co-parent. Don't badmouth your co-parent, period. Like try to, if you're going to vent, try to vent. And a more showing empathy. Like if you were venting and your child was listening to you vent to your friend. How would your child feel? Like you could be truthful. But there's other ways of being truthful and finding empathy. Because if, if, if that scenario doesn't make you feel like. Yeah like if my son um, was listening to my conversations with my cousin. And I was calling his mom a B word or. Or a slut or cunt. All these out of her name. He's going to feel bad. He's going to be like, damn, my dad really hates my mom. So I can't share if I have good stories about times that I spent with my mom. And what I, and I had a good moment. I want to share with my dad. I can't because he, he hates my mom. It's going to be a trigger. He's going to be mad at me. And I will never want my child to feel like that. So I will never speak bad about her i may be like yo cuz like damn I, I don't understand why we can't understand each other yet why it's so hard that i can't understand her and she can't understand me we can't see eye to eye i just don't get it like still 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 since 2010 when 2020 we still haven't seen eye to eye i'm not talking bad about her i'm not talking down about her but uh, i'm just Expressing my frustrations in a more positive light. That's tip number five. Tip number six. Make an effort to be positive and highlight your co-parents' good points in your child's life. So example is your mom is such a great coach for your soccer team. Another example your dad takes such beautiful photos of you guys. Easy ways to show despite your separation, 
you still see valuable things in your co-parent and makes your kid feel more open to share stories about your their parents or be more expressive about their co your their other parent so that's tip number 6 tip number 7 show empathy first i know in the earlier days of the divorce or of separation showing empathy first to your co-parent is going to be hard but Direct that empathy towards your kids. Think of how your kids would feel. How, how how your kids would see you if you react in a certain way. Or how your kids going to feel if you reacted like this. Or reacted out of anger. Didn't think things clearly. And the example that she gives is. If you're calling to vent about a late payment of child support. Imagine your child listening to that conversation, having empathy. You're not. What? If it does stop you, you find a different type of means. That's why keeping the tip number two, prioritizing communication, finding another means of communication. And shedding your child from that conflict. That's how you be showing empathy for your child. And that's a good tip. So let's move to tip eight. Tip eight that she says is self-care. As you go through this challenging time in your life, is take a few moments each day for self-care. Like do something that chills. Like me, what what's my prerogative, I like to smoke weed. I like to vibe to music and smoke weed and relax. Either I smoke weed reading a book, or if not, I make some beats. If I'm not making some beats, I'm talking on the phone with my cousin. If I'm not on the phone with my cousin, I'm trying to work on a podcast and shed light on things that I want to shed light. So it's always cool. That's a cool, dope step. Step number nine, this is a spicy one. It says, be smart about your new partners. As you and your co-parent form new relationship, agree on roles your new partner may have with your child and find the best way that they could help instead of hinder the relationship, the co-parenting family structure that you have. So she says that for many Family professionals recommend that you wait until your new partner has a secure place in the family structure. They should not be involved in any of the marital child-rearing decisions, nor should they communicate with the ex-partner on matters related to the children. As time passes, you and your co-parent will both agree upon how the new partners can best contribute to decisions made that affect the children. Always remembering that the child's well-being is in the forefront. So that's what the relationship experts say. And you could agree with that. With time, figure out what place your new partner is going to have before you get him wrapped in or wrapped or get her wrapped in into this co-parenting 
I understand they have to know that you have kids and everything, but that's at your time and your place where you feel is right to introduce your child to your new partner. It's the best way. And then once you are secure or you want to be with this partner, you're going to make them, you're going to either make a big step by moving in with your partner or something that drastic. Then that's when you make that call about putting your new partner in a family structure. Because now they're secure. You're going to move in with the person. You're going to live with that person. But if it's not that deep. Like if you just like fucking or having a good time. They shouldn't have no parts with the kids. They shouldn't have no relationship with the uh, They could have... Like their own little relationship But they shouldn't have no important Impactful relationship with your child Like any major decision Should still be ran by The co-parents By the mom and dad And then the boyfriend Just comes around If you allow that relationship to get to that But if it's not that deep Then you guys know what to do That's what basically what she's saying So tip number 10 Find forgiveness Forgiveness is powerful, and it takes a strong person to forgive. It's surely not at the top of the the to-do list in the midst of things. But once you are further away from the life-impacting event, work on forgiving yourself and your former spouse. It will help you heal, and your healing will show the children a powerful lesson in how resilient families could be. And I agree with that. Because you have to show your kids that their families are resilient. Families, even if mom and dad aren't together, we're still a family. That we're still going to have an open line of communication. And we're going to shield our children from the conflict. And to tie in, like, I've been watching this show called um, Ozarks and Netflix and... There's this character, Marty. He's in a bit of a jam with his family and his co-parenting is, is, I find it great because he's like in the midst of things he finds out that his wife has an affair on him while he's monthly laundering for a drug cartel and his partner his business partner just like stole and skimmed a drug cartel and everything's unfolding while doing that and how he manages to co-parent and that turmoil is amazing mind you there's like different circumstances and I know it's a show but the storyline you guys gotta watch it I don't wanna give too much but how he co-parents there is like amazing and that just motiv- motivates me thinking that know that it is possible that we could have an open line of communication if both parents are willing to work on it. And I have to give time. Time eventually will heal wounds. I want to believe that. But Find that's when you find the forgiveness so you can move forward and really be open on to healing and moving forward. 
those are the little tips I wanted to share about co-parenting. And that's my little segment on co-parenting. So, yeah, man. Hot thoughts of the day, man. I've been listening to Lucas Graham. Yeah, if y'all don't know who Lucas Graham is, he's a, they're, they're a Danish pop band. They're known for that song, Seven Years. Um, they have this tape out, um, the purple tape. And it's just like his struggles on him finding himself becoming famous and then be having becoming a dad and because I'm about to be 30 next year he's already like in his 30s and his quarrel between himself and with life is like that's the vibe that I've been on because I'm still finding myself and I'm still finding the co-parent that I want to be and hopefully you guys can find yourself too and I recommend listen to Lucas Graham so dope music and just quarantine, you know, so you won't always be listening to the same thing. It's always good to listen to motivational music and listening to different vibrations because we are what we think. And that's going to be a different topic for later on in different episodes. But just let's vibrate different. Let's, let's open up our minds. Let's be more than the four walls in our house right now. And yeah, stay safe. And check out Lucas Graham. And tune in for the next episode. You dig? Holla at your boy.